When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, my fellow fanatical elves. This is the Oracle Speaks. I am the Village Elliot. I'm here to tell you about the past, present, and future of the Cleveland Browns. My topic today continues yesterday's topic, the draft, and whether the draft is really what you think it is. I believe that it's something that's completely different. I believe that it's very hard to get talent out of the draft in the first year that you draft the players. I think they get better in year two, three, and four. But year one, they're not likely to have that much impact. Now, there are exceptions. Detroit Lions, also the Houston Texans have phenomenal drafts, but not everybody is going to do that. Well, all right, so let me turn the sound down here a little bit. Let me just do that. There we go. And thank you again to Free Sound Music for providing the music for our show. Let me tweak the sound as always. Okay, go to audio. Cancel, reduce this. Adjust mic volume, and there I am. Okay, that's a lot better, isn't it? All right, so yeah, the point that I made last time is that I believe that the undrafted free agents make at least as high a contribution to the team as the drafted players. That may seem kind of strange, but I also think that uh, there's a reason for it. It's easier to find undrafted free agents if you've got like 30 of them to choose from and you're trying to fill like six or seven roster spots. Um, And the draft, you have to pretty much choose the right player from the get-go and stay with them. And oftentimes what happens is you pick the wrong player and he stays on the roster and kind of clogs things up. And, um, you know, that really takes away from the team rather than adding to it. So you have to be careful about the draft. The draft does not do just good things. It does some negative things as well if you don't get it right. And not everybody gets every draft pick right. All right, so let's talk about where we left off yesterday. And I remind everyone, the Browns actually had two players that make the made the all-rookie team for the NFL last season. Uh, we made a, a lot of noise about uh, Dewan Jones, who was the right tackle for most of the season, did a really good job in uh, nine starts and just really played at a extremely high level, had knee surgery that took him out of the uh, 
uh, lineup for the rest of the year. And we hope he comes back stronger and better than ever. Hope that he does. Also, though, there was an undrafted free agent, Ronnie Hickman, who also made the NFL All-Rookie team as a safety. And uh, he also did a really good job. Um, and um, for what it's worth, Pro Football Focus graded him as a top 20 player. How about that? So uh, let's summarize the results from yesterday's show. And we showed evidence that in year one, Brown's undrafted players achieved more than the drafted players. And you just look at the stats. It's ridiculous. Uh, the Browns had more starts from undrafted players than drafted players. Of course, they had more yards. And by the way, uh, again, let me emphasize that I'm including uh, recycled veterans that are getting paid around the NFL minimum uh, along with the true undrafted free agents. So guys like P.J. Walker, um, I'm kind of considering together with the undrafted players. P.J. was added after training camp, uh, managed to throw 646 passing yards for the Browns, beat San Francisco, what the heck. And uh, on the other hand, I also I like Dorian Thompson Robinson, but he didn't post numbers as a rookie. Uh, he also got injured, and I would say his rookie uh, lack of uh, – Awareness, I guess, uh, resulted in those injuries. I think that he'll take better care of himself with more experience, and he'll do better, stay in the game longer, not have as many injuries uh, because he'll be wiser. But that's not year one. That's not who we had in year one. Uh, the Browns got 224 receiving yards uh, from Cedric Tillman, and the uh, the Browns only got 47. Most of them were from Pierre Strong, but they had 389 rushing yards from the two quarterbacks and Strong. And the, But on defenses, were what really crazy. The uh, drafted players were responsible for 24 tackles, and the undrafted players had 106 tackles. They had two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, two interceptions, and one of them was a pick six. So the whole thing is crazy. They also, by the way, Browns undrafted players, uh, James Prochet and also Strong, uh, combined for 750 return yards. So the, the achievements clearly favor the undrafted players. And I, I mentioned again and again, there's a reason for that. It's very simple to understand is if you have an empty roster spot, you can look at 20 or 30 guys in camp or around the league when you're scouting them you got at least that many candidates that you can choose from in order to fill those empty spots. But when you draft, you commit to only one player. That player is going to be on your team pretty much for sure for the better part of four years. Rarely do you cut a player who you drafted, though it does happen uh, infrequently. Um, and a lot of times those players are just not as good as we thought, and they stay on the roster anyway. That doesn't happen with an undrafted free agent. If you aren't good, you're gone. And that's a tough way to live. But those undrafted players actually outplay the drafted players. It's a, a consistent basis, not just, not just one time. All right, so what do we know about that? What do we learn from this? And um, how are we going to arrange the NFL draft based on this great knowledge? And again, I put this in a different way. Those who have video 
Browns draftees rarely blow away the NFL in year one. And even Miles Garrett, you know, okay, we had Miles Garrett was a rookie in 2017, right? But he wasn't nearly as good as he is now. So uh, that that uh, 2017 team went 0-16, even with Miles Garrett, which is hard to believe, but they did. Um, and rookies just are not that super good. They get better. There's no such thing as a sophomore jinx. They get better in year two. They get better in year three, usually. And uh, they really develop. And the better players develop even longer and get even better into their late 20s. So expecting to have instant success is really bad. Um, Browns fans have been brought up expecting rookie quarterbacks to succeed brilliantly in their rookie year. That rarely happens. I mean, sometimes you get C.J. Stroud, but more often than not, you get somebody like Deshaun Kaiser, who I think probably could have played quarterback in the NFL, but the Browns managed to ruin him by throwing him out into the uh, playing field before he was ready, way before he was ready to play. That was a, that kind of non-thinking um, belief in rookies is just bad for everyone. So, again, the point, central point from yesterday, the empty roster spot is worth something to a team that can evaluate talent, especially after roster cutdown day. That's your Cleveland Browns. They're able to put good players on the team even after uh, the training camp is over. And the reason is, is that you get to select from multiple players rather than be stuck with one guy in the seventh round. Um, so if you have a seventh round pick, he probably makes the team and stays there, even if he's not nearly as good as some of the undrafted guys that made the team around him. Uh, let's talk about trading picks. What does this tell us about trading picks? And uh, let's talk about what kind of trades were made in 2023. So you know that I'm not making it up. Uh, Chicago made a trade where they moved from ninth overall to 10th overall and they received a 2024 round pick. Now, I use a value chart, which kind of gives points for each draft pick uh, to figure out how much they're worth. And uh, it doesn't matter what scale you use. You can use the old Dallas Cowboys chart if you want. I think the one by Fitzgerald and Spielberg is probably about the best, in my opinion. Uh, one of the fans, by the way, responding to one of my articles, pointed that out to me, and I'm grateful for that. But anyway, what... Uh, if you take those points and just sort of compare it numerically, uh, Chicago benefited by getting that 2024 fourth round pick and their trade value points were 2,433 versus uh, 1887 uh, for the other team. I forget who the other team was, but anyway, uh, uh, that's a 29% interest uh, in terms of what was paid in the future. So for trading for a future pick, they got 29% interest. That's crazy. Similarly, okay, Arizona made a trade from uh, third overall, and they also gave up a fourth-round pick. They received 12th overall, but they also got a 2024 round one pick and a 2024 third-round pick. Now, I value those picks, by the way, at, at uh, position 16 because you don't know whether they're going to be good or bad. And so you just say, well, maybe they're uh, going to be an average draft. 
And uh, so I'm assigning points based on the idea that an unknown draft pick in the future corresponds to position 16 in the draft. So that's just the way I did it throughout. And once again, the uh, team that traded back, traded for future assets, got a big interest rate. They got 25% interest on that on that pick. And I think you can, in fact, regard draft picks the same way that you you do money. Investment theory applies. You got more picks in the future, better picks in the future by making these trades. Here's a one-for-one one deal that was pretty interesting. The Eagles traded down, traded their 2024 third-round pick um, and uh, got the – 2023 fourth round pick. So they traded the next year's good pick for this year's not quite as good pick. And uh, once again, the team in the future, um, the 2024 third round pick was worth 786 points versus 642 uh, for that fourth round pick. Um, that's 22% interest. That's pretty high. You know, those are really great numbers if you're an investor. And I think you should invest in draft picks the same way that you uh, invest in money. Try to save something for the future. Uh, a second example of this was the Cleveland Browns trading their 2023 seventh round pick. They did this last year, remember, to the Ravens. And they're going to get the Ravens 2024 sixth round pick. So they move up in the draft effectively and uh but they also move back in terms of the year it's going to be later in 2024 so the browns now have that six round pick and can draft somebody and uh, the browns got uh, the equivalent of 35 percent interest on that deal so if you're going to get interest rates like that i think you have to make some deals and the later the round is the better it is to trade those picks because you just don't have enough uh, successes to make it worthwhile. So don't tell me that Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round. I already know that. Now, how many times have you drafted somebody as good as Tom Brady in the sixth round? I think it hasn't happened yet. Uh, Brady was drafted in what, 1999 or 2000? And uh, there is only one. You know, so the, you, the Browns are not going to get Tom Brady um, just because they have a sixth-round pick. But they do have more value than a seventh-round pick. All right? Uh, I would argue that the seventh-round picks have negative value. And once again, I claim that it's better to have an empty roster spot that you can use to sign players, find out how good they are, drop the ones that don't make it. Effectively, you're able to audition uh, 20, 30, 40, maybe 100 players that you look at before selecting one as an undrafted player or recycled free agent. And um, so it's not surprising you get more stars as undrafted than from round seven. Um, let me test your memory. When was the last time that the Browns drafted an impact player from round seven? Maybe never, but uh, they did have some successes. And I'll point out to you defensive back Eric, Eric Hogg. 2011, he managed to play 22 games in his career and start four times. Is that stardom? <clears throat> well, for a fourth-round draft pick, or excuse me, for a seventh-round draft pick, 
that's pretty good for the Cleveland Browns. Getting 22 games in a career is pretty good for the seventh round. Alex Hall, uh, the linebacker from 2008, had 32 games and 35 tackles. 35 tackles. I mean, man, that's like half a season worth. But, okay, that's that's pretty good for a seventh-round pick. Now, they did have some starters um, back in 2002. Remember, the Browns were an expansion team back then. They had two linemen, one in 2002, the other one in 2001, Queen Gonzalez and uh, Paul Zukowskis. Uh, both played over 40 games and had uh, 14 st uh, starts for Gonzalez and 18 starts for Zukowskis. So that's that's a, a full season almost. And in Zukowskis' uh, case, a little bit more than a season. Um, is that really stardom? I don't know. Is that an impact player? I don't know. It's like somebody that's kind of um, – making it in the NFL, but not really starring in the NFL. They're mainly a backup or a special teams player. And uh, I just, you know, there just is not a history that suggests that you can draft great players in round seven, certainly not on a consistent basis. Uh, last time they had a guy that played, well, you could say Zane Gonzalez, the kicker, kicked for the Browns one year, wasn't really that good, but he did play. And so I'm going to keep on beating this drum all off season. Um, it's better to audition several candidates for that roster spot from the pool of undrafted free agents and recycled veterans. Or you can draft that wonderful player in round seven that you think is so good and be faithful to him for years and keep him on the roster, even if he doesn't deserve it. That's what most NFL teams do even if they don't deserve to be on the roster because they were drafted, they kind of have this halo around them and they get to keep their position on the team. Now, I don't know. Is that playing it safe? Is that being a conservative drafter? Um, you know, not a wild man like the village Elliot, or is this just plain stupid? And I would say that it is stupid to draft players in round seven. It's not worth it. You don't have that kind of returns, or at least the Cleveland Browns have no evidence that they can produce enough players consistently to make it worthwhile to draft guys in round seven. Um, all right. So I want to do a thought experiment on investing draft picks. Now, this, you know, investing, I know a lot of people are going to get mad at the idea. You can't invest draft picks. Well, yes, you can. There, we just pointed out examples in the last draft where a team traded a seventh-round pick for a future sixth, and there are other examples of a sixth-round pick being traded for a future fifth, and so on. Uh, there were more than one trade where they um, traded up and into the future uh, from the 2023 draft. Uh, so let's say that you started out with a seventh-round pick. You trade that to a sixth-round pick. Then the next year, you trade the sixth-round pick for a fifth-round pick and so on. Then if you do that every year, eventually you're going to wind up with a round one pick. So how about that? Would it be building for the future to have a first-round pick manufactured out of nothing in six years? I think it would. I think it would. I think you should be doing stuff like that and manufacturing extra round one picks by shrewd training and by investing these 
not so valuable picks and getting them to grow into picks that are more valuable. Why isn't that building for the future? Uh, why is getting future high draft picks or present low draft picks, why is that not considered building for the future? Um, that makes no sense to me. Drafting players that can't play and playing them now, that doesn't help the uh, 2026, 2027 team at all. So let's put it in the bottom line, those who have video. Drafting players that have high probability of not achieving a second NFL contract and protecting their roster spot is not building for the future. It's just dumb. NFL teams do dumb things like not investing for the future and instead investing for the present in players that they know or they should know in advance that they're not able to deliver uh, successes at a high enough rate to justify it. All right, so I talk here about investment theory, and uh, you can you can figure out who wins trades by using a method to assign point values to different draft picks. This was done by the Dallas Cowboys uh, in the Jimmy Johnson era. Um, boy, that was a long time ago, about 1990. And uh, there are better ones that are developed more recently, and uh, use whatever you want. But you know you can keep score that way and figure out what's more valuable and how much value are you adding from year to year? Um, and so I'm saying that, you know, if it was me, I would almost never keep a seventh round draft pick. I would try to trade it. I would try to trade a round seven pick for a future asset. I would try to get a round six pick if I could, just like the Browns did in 2023, or I would include it in some kind of other deal that would help to build assets for the 2025 draft, 2026 draft. Um, okay, people, players that are drafted in rounds three, four, and five, and maybe even six, are in fact draftable. They can be good players on a regular basis, but they're not really that good in year one. Not so good in year one. Uh, so be willing to consider all trades that pay huge interest. And, you know, let's do another thought experiment inside the thought experiment. What would be better um, for the 2025 Browns? Let's suppose that they could have a uh, third round pick uh, or they could have a fourth round pick with a year of experience. Which would you take? I think it's kind of a wash so that these picks that are getting uh, higher and higher by trading or more and more valuable by trading uh, will actually be able to contribute uh, better because you're starting with a more talented athlete. And I think that there is merit to the fourth round guy playing better in his second year, but is he really better on the average than a third round pick uh, in year one? I think that's kind of a wash. So I think, but uh, clearly, the more you trade in, into the future, the uh, better the future is going to be. And uh, I also think that in the present, you can afford to do that as long as you're building up draft capital in the future. 
your undrafted free agents and recycled veterans are going to be able to plug those holes and do it more effectively uh, in the short run. So I'm not saying get rid of your draft picks. I'm saying get better draft picks for the future. Uh, don't draft players that are not going to make the team or that shouldn't make the team. I guess that's what I really mean to say. So, all right. So this is uh, how I want to summarize round one and two players. If you go forward with those guys, should become starters in year one. They may not be super outstanding. Uh, not everybody is going to be C.J. Stroud, for example, but you should be able to have a starter out of your round one pick. Maybe a quarterback you might sit on a bench for a year. Browns would never do that, but a normal team would. Uh, and uh, second-round players also should be starters. Um, round three, four, and five are kind of uh, hit and miss. You can often get players that play at a high level, but a lot of them strike out as well. Um, it's better to trade for higher picks, see if you can get into round two, round one in the future, and be willing to give up some of those opportunities and replace them with UDFAs, undrafted free agents. Um, round seven, as I've mentioned several times, I really don't have um, much affinity for them. I would probably trade those picks every year. Round six, you could go either way. Uh, the Browns do get players out of round six that are halfway decent. Um, not as frequently as round three, four, and five, however. Uh, we had Donovan Peoples-Jones that had two really good seasons for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, year one was okay, and the year four was uh, troubling, and he actually wound up getting traded to Detroit. But the point is, is that teams around the NFL are willing to pay very high interest for draft picks. They will give 25 even 30%. Uh, to be able to move into the present from the future. So I think, okay, let them do that. And we, the Cleveland Browns, will stockpile better draft picks in the future. And um, I would especially make an effort to trade that round seven and probably round six if a decent deal comes along. Okay, that sounds crazy, doesn't it? Trade away the late round draft picks? Try to get draft capital in the future instead of the present? Well, yes, that's how you build for the future. You get more draftees in the future. Don't get draftees in the present that don't play and don't contribute in the future. I think it makes sense. Um, okay, here's Sashi Brown, of course, is kind of the antichrist in Cleveland. But he did do some things right. There were some things he did very wrong. I'm not going to harp on those. But what he used to do was he would take his number one pick, which is usually a good one because the Browns were rags, and he would trade for a later number one pick, and he would also get another uh, number one pick for the following year. And maybe he'd have to add number three or something in order to make that come out. But anyway, he would do that. And every year the Browns would have two number one draft picks. I think that was a wise strategy. And you do that every year. Uh, every year, try to have two first-round picks, even if you know they're not as high as they could be. 
if you trade back and get more draft capital for the next year, it's not a bad thing. Just always be having two number one round draft picks uh, in a draft. Um, Brown eventually wound up with a first overall and fourth overall uh, pick in the 2018 draft. But, of course, it was John Dorsey who made those draft decisions by that time because Sashi got himself fired for some other dumb moves that he did make. Uh, I won't talk about, about them at this time, but uh, other than to say that I believe that he did deserve to be fired because of what he did. But that doesn't mean that his draft strategy was bad. I think his basic idea of investing in future draft picks was good and that um, that kind of thing is going to work in the long run. Um, and I think if Sashi Brown had been presiding over the 2018 draft, he would have traded back again, and the Browns would have had two round one picks in 2019. Instead, what happened was that Dorsey decided to trade that number one pick for Odell Beckham Jr., and the Browns did not have a first-round pick in 2019. I don't really see that that's building for the future. I don't really even see that it's a good idea uh, for the present, but that's what they did. Okay, summary. Rookies, not as good as you think. The NFL draft, not as impactful as you may think. The Browns did get a good player, out of the draft in Dewan Jones. He was really the standout. Um, no question about it. There, you know, also the Texans with CJ Stroud did very, very well. And they also had some other draftees that were pretty good and close to the NFL rookie team uh, and so on. But uh, for the most part, the first round picks are not really that special in their first year. Most of them get better in years two, three, and four if the team has patience, especially the quarterbacks uh, get better as they get smarter and uh, learn from training camp and from playing in the, uh, the uh, preseason games. So a, a lot of times the teams that are playing to win now, they try to get extra picks in this year's draft and trade away future resources. And I believe that that is the wrong strategy entirely. And by the way, a great example of that would be the San Francisco uh, 49ers um, stocking up on um, being able to um, draft a quarterback in number three, and uh, he never worked out. You know, that wasn't really building for the future to make all those uh, – uh, draft trades in order to get uh, Trey Lance as a number one pick. That that didn't really help the future that much. It would have helped them a lot more if they'd had some stronger draft picks in the future. That's how you build for the future, have better picks in the future. Uh, they could find guys that were free agents and so on, uh, in order to replace him. Of course, you're going to mention Brock Purdy was, in fact, a really uh, good quarterback obtained in round seven. But again, that doesn't happen that often. The Browns never had success in round seven with a player of, of uh, great magnitude. So I would say for sure, trade that round seven, probably also trade round six 
be receptive to trading other draft picks uh, as long as it's not uh, too extreme, um, but be willing to take that 25%, uh, 30% interest uh, when you do so. That those can all be really, uh, really good moves. All right, so there you have it. Um, I've uh, really committed some acts of heresy, uh, stating my belief that the NFL draft, especially the Cleveland Browns draft, does not produce fantastic results in year one. It produces better results in year two, year three, year four as those rookies learn and improve. But in the short run, if you're trying to win now and you're doing everything you can in order to win games in this year, I think the undrafted free agents are probably going to help you more than sticking to those draftees from the late rounds. I really think that, that that's true. Um, there's no way that the, the uh, seventh-round guys who stayed on the team were actually as good as the undrafted free agents. So that's my opinion. Sounds crazy. But if I were in charge of the draft, I would be trading away um, late round picks, especially. And yet I would be very aggressive about signing undrafted free agents and guys that are close to the NFL uh, minimum as they get cut uh, late in uh, summer training camp try to pick up those good players that can't make the roster on some very good teams because they have too much depth, try to obtain those players. They're going to perform better than some guy you drafted in round seven or even round six that you're kind of stuck with. So that's what, that's what I think. I truly believe that most of the NFL, uh, approaches the draft in the wrong way. They're not realizing that they could help the future a lot more by investing in the future rather than investing in players right now that um, don't help the team in year one. And, um, uh, you know, if you have fewer picks in the future because you did that, that's not investing in the future at all. That's taking away from the future and building only in the present. And it's, it's not the right way to work. So everybody have a great day. Um, we'll be back and raring to go to talk Cleveland Browns football. Um, draft is coming up. And also we're going to also do some scouting on the new United Football League see if there are some players there that the Browns could take. Uh, last time they did have a couple or three players that they selected, uh, including Dearness Johnson, who did very well for them as a kind of an extra running back. And uh, I also liked uh, the leading passer, uh, Garrett Gilbert, who was a third stringer on the Browns for a while. Uh, I've always liked him. I still think he would be a good backup quarterback or number three guy at least. Um, and if the Browns go for three picks or three uh, quarterbacks on the roster this season, I think they probably ought to invite him to summer camp and see what he's got left. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, take care, everyone. Bye for now.